Music lovers, you are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I am your host, Kevin, coming to you live-ish from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're happy to have you here hanging out on the internet, in your headphones, on your see Google device, your Stitcher, your whatever you're listening to us on. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we took in a little jazz odyssey, and that's what we're going to do again uh, this time. Uh, I'm going to spoil this real quick uh, for what may end up being the best album of the year. Comet is Coming is a three-piece featuring uh, Shabaka Hutchings, Dan Levers, and Max Hallett. They go by the name King Shabaka, Danalog, and Betamax. They have a few albums out, a few EPs, a Prophecy EP in 2015, Death to the Planet in 2017, and then a full album, Channel the Spirits, in 2016, and... Now they're back in 2019 with Trust in the Life Force of Deep Mystery. Now, I said jazz, but what jazz is is up in the air, man. What music is is up in the air. But what they've done here is make an incredibly danceable and incredibly intelligent and incredibly pertinent album uh, that just resonates uh, in a way that not many albums for me at least, have resonated in a couple years. So I'm pretty hype about it, and really our only goal here today is to get you pretty hype about Trust in the Life Force of the Deep Mystery, the Communist Cummings new album. Uh, Joining me to talk you through this whole thing is our good friend Wes Covey. You've heard him on a bunch of these podcasts here. And and so we are going to get into it, but I want to give you a taste. I want to get you acclimated. So uh, get ready to feel groovy. Get ready to feel a little scared. Get ready to feel like you're in a 70s sci-fi movie uh, because the comet is coming and the first track they got for you is Summon the Fire.
That's a little bit of Summon the Fire off of the Comet is Coming's, uh, I believe this is the second LP, Trust in the Life Force of the Deep Mystery. Joining us right now to talk about this is uh, Mr. Wes Covey. Welcome back to the show, Wes. Thank you very much. I have a question for you, and I think I know the answer. Uh, how does this make you feel? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to get right into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, so that actually gets to one of my biggest points about this band in general and like uh, trying to kind of think about, like, why do I love this group so much? You know, I think, I think yeah. I've said to you and I've said, certainly said on um, – I mean, this is basically all I post about on social media these days. Is the yeah, yeah. Coming. Um, but what it really comes down to is, like, right now, this is my favorite band in the solar system. They, they really just, like – doing it for me in ways that I don't expect. Um, and the funny thing with this is that I'm not a dancer. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm a I'm a close to middle aged geeky white boy. You know, like I'm not. Yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. really wants to see me dance. Um, you know, for the most part. And um, the people who do, I'm a little more concerned about than the ones who don't. Um, but. I hear this music and it makes me want to dance. And that has been like from literally the first moments of listening to the comet is coming. And I'm just like, Oh my God, what is my body doing? It is starting to writhe around in these strange patterns. And I kind of actually like it. The, the, yeah. There's an interesting thing with this band going on. So I, I didn't, um, you, you and, and our good friend Marcus Moore are super fans of this and not just this, but, uh, but King Shabaka, yeah. Shabaka Hutchings, a saxophone player, uh, who is one third of this band, but, but there's, um, you know, I, I have not been as hype to the other albums of that. They, you know, they had that EP in 2015, another EP in 2017. And I think that was the one that more actually put that in front of me where he was like, this is the shit. Death and to the planet. Yeah. De- yeah. Death to the planet. And, and it didn't connect as much as I wanted, wanted to connect with it. But, um, they they have this thing that I think is it comes from where they're from, like in, in London, and you know you think about that whole like Manchester scene in the '90s and the '80s, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and the dance stuff and what's going on in jazz over there, and and it is very much. Um, uh, you, you know, when you talk about this band and dancing, you know, I immediately start thinking about LCD sound system. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and, how, and how, and, and this sounds nothing like this. And this is far superior to anything, uh, <laughs> to be clear, yeah. to anything <laughs> James Murphy will ever create. Completely but, agree. Yeah. But, but, you know, they, they occupy this space where you can, uh, uh, it's like a sonic journey. It is made, for, I think, for nerds mm-hmm. because they all seem to be nerds. It oh, is, totally. yeah. it is sci-fi in the mm-hmm. best way. Like people talk about sci-fi music, and and it's so hard to like, you know, people don't do it well. Mm-hmm. And and then when you hear it though, you're like. I'm listening to this thing and I'm like in the middle of Logan's run or an outtake. I'm in the middle of Blade Runner. I'm, you know, all these classic, like old apocalyptic sci-fi films and they somehow, uh, study. And these are young guys too. They Mm -hmm. somehow like were able to study this stuff and channel into the music. And for my money, I, I don't know anybody has done this easily in the past, like 10 years. I know, I know like soundtrack workers, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Johnny Jewel, chromatics, um, can 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 get there with that, but but this is something completely new and different. Mm-hmm. And I think on this one, uh, it is. Uh, I think they've excelled. I think they, I think they hit their stride. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the interesting thing with this group um, that 
obviously Shabaka is getting most of the credit. He's the one with the biggest name, um, yeah. you know, because of Sons of Kemet, because of um, Shabaka and the ancestors. Like, you know, he is, he's, mm-hmm. you know, not, he's not a superstar, but, you know, he's, he's kind of on the border of that at this point in a really fascinating way. And so when I think most of the talk around the comet is coming is based around talking about Shabaka Hutchings. And that's how I found about, uh, I found out about them. That's how, yeah. um, you know, I think probably most people are discovering them through that, but it's really interesting. And I think really essential in understanding this group that they previously existed as soccer 96, um, Betamax, uh, the, the drummer, um, and mm-hmm. analog, the, um, the keyboard player were already, you know, a, a duo and Shabaka was a fan of them. And so he kind of joined right. in and that I think is really important in understanding this group because they do have this, um, it sort of sounded to me as much as I love their earlier stuff, particularly like the first EP kind of sounds like, yeah. Hey, like we've got this thing going and we're going to bring in our super talented buddy. And then little by little, they've kind of progressed into more of a, this is us. This is, you know, what we do as a trio. And I think that this might be the time that they've really nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hive mind kicked in for sure. They, they um, have been on this mission and Chewbacca has been on this mission. He, I I don't know the exact details, but he he has a, uh, this is, I think this is on a major label now. um, This is coming out on impulse. Yeah, on impulse, but it's like a subsidiary of like Universal Music. Oh yeah, yeah. And and um, you know, so he has this sort of deal because of the work he's done with all these different bands you mentioned, uh, Shabaka and the Ancestors and um, Sons of Kemet. Uh, two two things that I actually like a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think they they don't resonate with me as much as the comet is coming. Well, both of them have albums coming out later this year that I'm going to make you yes. talk to me about. So, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. convince we'll, you. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. But, but you know, they, 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 they sort of hive mind like gelled on this and, and I don't know um, if it's the times. I don't know if it's just, they've been working, you, you know, you work with people for long enough and you get like in a little rhythm with them and a little mm-hmm. vibe. Um, but they, what they've delivered is like almost the perfect album for the the state of uh, angst and anxiety that we're existing yeah. in now in 2019. I want to I want to play a little bit of of a track that sort of demonstrates this. I think the most on the album, uh, featuring uh, Kate Tempest, who's a who's an artist and a playwright. You know, they, they say she's a hip hop artist. Uh, that album, I'm not going to cut. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, she put out an album. Let's well, just and uh, let's go that way. a poet. You know, she's she's, she's a poet, an award she winning is. poet. She an award winning poet, and that and that's the important part here. Uh, but she does some uh, spoken word and rapping on blood of the past, and it really taps into uh, this thing, this type of fear that uh, we haven't felt since the seventies, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, so here's a little bit of uh, blood of the past featuring Kate Tempest.
All the many corpses begin to speak. What ignorance is cannot be argued over anymore. It is too late for pleading. White picket dreams put you off the scent. The world is screaming, rooted in a trivial concern, in insecurities, in a need to make face and keep up and drown out the many voices within. Imagine a culture that has at its root a more soulful connection to land and to lovers. But I can hear the lie before you speak. There is nothing but progress to eat, and we are so fat and so hungry. And the black wrists are cuffed in the pig van, while the white shirt and tie and the tube car distraction and pizza. Pictures of beer and guilt about urges, sexual distrust and abandon to nothingness. Give me something I can nail myself to. Give me a savagely dressed talking head who has something about them I trust and despise. And what of it anyway? These windows don't open. They were designed to stay closed. Shower, smoothie, coffee, commute, check the internet, never stop, never stop. There is a scar on the soul of the world, and it needs you to look. The blood of the past is here, it remains. The blood of the murders, the bodies like sacks leaking grain or stacked chest or back on the plains, it remains. To acknowledge without guilt, to accept without condition, and to listen when other people tell you how you have behaved. Truth is, it's for us to feel and be moved. But I hear the clatter of bone against steel. It is coming. It will not be stilled. It is there. In the air, scorched white. The reflection of sunlight on glass bouncing back into sunlight on glass bouncing back. Industrialized, denying. Business as usual. So roll your eyes, shake your head, turn away, and call me names. I'm okay with that. Too proud. Unable to listen, we keep speaking. Motored by blood, unable to notice ourselves, unable to stop, and unwilling to learn. So, Kate Tempest, there, uh, really setting a mood, and and you know, there's. I don't think there's necessarily original thought in in what she's saying as much as universal thought, and just a. Uh, fuck, this is where we're at. And when we, you know, this, I think these songs take place in a place where, you know, the world maybe has been destroyed, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost a warning, mm-hmm. right? And, and, you know, all the things she's talking about are like, you know, the can't basically couldn't we just exist in a better world? And the comet's coming, man. You yeah. can't. It's all over. Yeah, and yet so much of their work is about rebirth. Um, and, right, um, right. Like one of the things I think is really interesting, I was going back and listening through um, you know, some of their earlier stuff um, today, and um, my final copy of Death to the Planet, um, I noticed actually for the first time today that carved into um, – uh, what do you call it? The, the section in the middle. Um, it's carved in um, – two statements on each side. And so side A yeah. says, bring the comet, bring the destruction. And then side B says, bring the creation, bring the new age. Yeah. So, so, and, and this parallels, honestly, that, that is sort of like paralleling. You have this crazy cult aspect in this. Now this, this uh, religious uh, fervor <laughs> of, of people like, uh, you know, maybe this type of this jazz, maybe this music is like the, the music of, of the savior that's coming. It, it is, in in such a short time, they've built such a deep sonic universe that mm-hmm. that you can't help but get like just drowned in. Yeah, I, I certainly feel that. I mean, you know, whether or not I have the optimism at this point to say it's the savior, you know, maybe, maybe I'll hold off just yet. But um, but 
that is what I hear mm-hmm. when I listen to these guys. And, and that's um, part of the thing that I think is really interesting. I mean, that tune is in a lot of ways the darkest thing. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe even the darkest thing they've ever done, you know, and some of it um, like like one phrase, um, you know, I need to listen to it a number of more times before I'm going to really get a sense of everything that she's saying. Um, but one of the phrases that um, that's in there that, that I've both seen in a couple of reviews and also um, did pick up myself is we've nothing but progress to eat. Yeah. And that is both an amazing and a really fucked up statement. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> like we're talking about because there is such striving for progress these days and so many different whether you're talking about progress for equality for a number of different groups which as much struggle and horror and you know neo wannabe nazis as we have in the world again now there is also so much progress being made in those ways um i think you know humanity is coming to do as much you know as much as so much, so many things seem to be awful um, right now and are, um, you know, there's so much amazing work being done also. And whether you're talking about that yeah. being musically or you're talking about that, you know, being in some other form, like I have always kind of turned to music um, to be what makes me feel better about the world. It allows me right. to express my own right. emotions and fears and hopes and dreams, you know, through my work. And that you know, this is their stuff for the last, you know, year or however long it's been since I discovered them has been what I go to when I need that kind of like, you know what, like maybe things will not even just necessarily like maybe they'll be okay. You know, that's kind of that, that that's Kamasi harmony of difference is like, maybe things will yeah, be okay yeah, for yeah. me, you know, the most soul soothing thing. But like when I listen or, to the or, or the, or the universe wakes up on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They've got moments of that without a doubt too. And, um, and but this is what I go to when it's like, you know what, maybe things will actually even be better. Um, and that is, I think, something that is just really fascinating because it's all about it's, it's the Phoenix. You know, the comet is coming is, is the is the audio representation of the Phoenix right now. Like we are about to die in flames. But as we are reborn, maybe things will actually like. Well, well see, brother, that. now you are in the cult of Shabaka <laughs> because yeah. because that is and, that, and that's sort of my point is is not, you know, cult like behavior tends to like be uh you know some some people put jesus in that place but sometimes it's xenu and sometimes mm-hmm. it's you know just some weird space god it's just it's just a or l ron hubbard or, or l ron hubbard it's just an object or a person um and and all your devotion is put into that with that idea that it's okay if it ends finally because it's going to be better on the other side mm-hmm. and, and that's that works for people because nobody knows the answer yeah and, and when you put it in a sci-fi <laughs> concept, you know, you open up this world of like you know, the basis of a lot of sci-fi is basically the Earth is going to die and we're out in the stars to find a new home. That's certainly mm-hmm. the basis of Star Trek. Um, and, I, you know, I think that the, by tapping into that, uh, I think, you know, while there is hope in that, as I said before, there's also the most primal existential fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That you know this idea that this thing is coming right for you, and you don't know: do you party? Mm-hmm. Do you atone? Do you do you just like not care? Is it apathy or like whatever? Life is meaningless. Like what? What do you do? And and these guys are are like, well, you, you sound like you know the, you sound like heaven splitting open. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's uh, it's. I, I still I'm honestly trying to wrap my head around how this album succeeds so well at just pulling you out of like 
our timeline mm-hmm. and 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 into a different space uh there's a track on here though you know on the other albums like you said they they had their their super friend uh shabaka and it was like hey here's our super talented friend he doesn't really unleash until no. i think super zodiac yeah but on super zodiac holy fuck <laughs> so, so i'm gonna play a little bit of super zodiac we're gonna we're gonna play the part where he does unleash and and you guys get a little taste and this i think is why uh uh, Shabaka has literally a cult building up around him uh, as he is the future of jazz saxophone. So here's, here's a little bit of Super Zodiac. So one of the things I think is really fascinating about his playing and the way the whole like so the, the kind of the, like the, the origin story, you know, if we're talking about sci-fi, we're talking about all this yeah. stuff, you know, let's give the origin story of, of the communist coming soccer 96 um, beta max, the, you know, the drummer um, Max, uh, Max Hallett. Um, and so. uh, I, I think he was going by beta max killer at the time um, as well in soccer 96. Um, and then Danalog, the conqueror, um, Dan levers, the levers, <laughs> I'm not sure pronunciation on that. Right. Um, I mean, for starters, like, they're, that's, that's their names, you know, like that tells you something about, you know, sci-fi or comic books, or whatever you want to go with it. Yeah. Um, and so they were playing a show um, or, you know, you know, a number of shows. And, and as I understand it, the story is basically that they started noticing this like super tall dude at, their shows um he does stand out you know he's well over six feet i don't know exactly sure, how tall but sure. like you know you notice him when he's in the room um not that i've been in a room with him yet though that's coming up soon but um but anyway um and then apparently he just appeared on the side of the stage holding a saxophone at one point <laughs> and right. they're just kind of like well like all right i mean come you know on up, bro. come on on you know and and like i i have to say for one thing like if I could see one show of the last few years, you know, there's always that conversation the music geeks have. Like, if you go back right, in time to any right. show, like, what would you pick? You know, and I don't, I don't know yeah. that all time that would be what I would choose, you know. But, like, if I could pick one of the last few years, being there that night might just be it. Because apparently yeah. just from the moment he stepped on stage and... 
following Shabaka on social media is really fascinating because he posts a lot of videos of himself practicing. Um, and a lot of them feature him, like listening to grime recordings, for example, listening to like Skepta or <laughs> yeah, Sizzler, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff and playing what their voices are doing as they're rapping. Right. right. And that, I mean, for starters, like that, that's the sign of a true musician. That is somebody who, um, you know, he's he kind of said a number of times now, like I don't have anything to prove as a player at this point. I don't have anything to prove as a composer. Like I've established myself. Um, now he's a little bit older than some of the others. He's, he's kind of, you know, mid to late thirties, I think, um, mm-hmm. mid thirties now. Um, and so, you know, he's done the work. I mean, he played in Sun Ra Orchestra. He played um, all these different projects that he's had. Um, he earns every bit of what he's got. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, so, so he, I'm sure, would have been playing, like, you know, going to see them a number of times, figuring out their style, and then kind of saying, like, okay, I've got something that I'm going to do. There's no, no way he just came on and, like, well, let me see what no, happens. No, no. I mean, you know, and we're both musicians of sorts, and I think I think uh, you would agree with this. I said, what part of it, uh, as you develop or get older or stuff, it, it, it becomes more interesting to, to figure out the vibe of the situation you're in mm-hmm. and, and sort of react to that. I mean, you, you realize that it isn't, I mean, sure. It's about like, you know, pentatonic and metallixian and, and all sure. these scales and modes and stuff, but it's, but it's more about, and, and when it's good and, and that's key, it's more about uh, the, you reacting to the environment. Yeah. And, and, how, and that can be you sitting alone recording, you know, that can you playing with a 20 piece band. It just, right. you reacting to that environment and seeing how that, uh, actually feels. And, um, when you get to somebody, uh, at Shabaka's level, uh, that is all he seems to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. And I think, I think he's got a contemporary in like Colin Stetson. Mm-hmm. I, I think his work is equally weird. I think it's equally uh, equally valid. I think it's equally as important. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't heard uh, Colin Stetson's records uh, of the past few years, they're they're remarkable. Um, and he just got like a really big boost. I think he was Oscar nominated for like an Oscar, even really, or, or at least a Grammy yeah. for for his for his score for Hereditary. Yeah, um, huh. you know, and, and so you have these people that you know, yes. Their instrument is a saxophone. Or I think Shabaka plays a bass clarinet. Yeah, bass clarinet, yeah, which is such an amazing sound too. Yeah. But but the reality is is that they're just musicians and they're channeling mm-hmm. something and, and they've they've hit that plateau, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so now all you gotta see for people like this is is uh when do they really ascend mm-hmm. into the universe? And and I think this is getting close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing, though, that I think, like, you know, we've talked about the fear. We've talked about the, you know, existentialism of their records. Um, and certainly the same would apply to Colin Stetson. You know, his stuff yeah. is, is terrifying in, um, in a lot of ways. You know? and, and I I, I, saw, I actually saw him play in, uh, in Portland, Maine, um, I don't know, a year or two ago. Um, and dude's terrifying, too. He's ripped, for one thing. And he's got this gigantic, um, you know, I think it's a baritone sax that he's playing, but it's gigantic. And, like, he's, the guy's, guy's scary. You know, my friend Peter was doing the sound. and, and um, Was Colin, it for XI? Uh, yes, it was. Yep. yep. Yeah. See, um, that's scary as shit, man. It is terrifying It's metal. Stuff, and it's, it's actual yeah. heavy metal. Yeah, exactly. Done with, you know, horns. I mean, you know, the, the guitars and bass, too. Um, but, yeah, but yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's intense. But the other thing that I think is really important to understand with Common is Coming is that they are also hilarious and there's this real sense of like 
I guess it's, it's one of the things that, that gives them that balance between the fear of the terror the world is coming to an end and mm-hmm. the it's about to be replaced by something that could be better is this fact that they like actually the uh, you know npr has had this on their first listen um recently yeah, yeah, yeah. and one of the things that they said on their little write-up attached to that was um something about about how they have the, a way of implying mischief or something like that and i really loved the the use of the word mischief because it is like you know i i just said they're hilarious that's not even that's not necessarily right mischief really is the perfect word like they kind of feel like they're just these kids playing and having fun with extreme dark existential terror that we're facing and it's this amazing balance but but like take that back to something like logan's run i don't mm-hmm. know when the last time you saw it was but like the, a little while then, but i saw it a number of times back then so yeah yeah and and so this is this is something that is a, a sort of a trope of 70s sci-fi and even like thx 1138 mm-hmm there's something ridiculous about oh, absolutely. it. There's something yeah. mischievous about it. There's something like it, it, what all, all these films seem to say in the end is that we're just going to kill ourselves anyway. <laughs> so what does this fucking matter? I mean, Soylent Green, come on. And <laughs> I think it's and, Logan's run that has Peter Ustinov who shows up a little later um, in it. Yeah. And he's, he goes on this amazing rant about how cats have all these like special names. And like right, right, right. It's one of my favorite like moments from any of those movies at the time. It is absolutely right. hilarious. And, and and for younger listeners, like the main conceit of that film is, is that basically, uh, you know, it's sort of like rock and roll as fuck is like, you know, you, you, you uh, ascend. I forget what the name term was, but you ascend when you're 30. So you you can't you don't live past 30 because society can no longer support it. Overpopulated. Fair enough. And and in the meantime, though, you get to like do whatever. So drugs, orgies, whatever. And that then, last period is going to be a blast. Yeah, exactly. And this is the fucking soundtrack. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they they are soundtracking in their when they're playing any of this, they're thinking of that future. Yeah, that, like kitschy, like seventies, like uh, mid modern era, like stuff. It, the, it, this just just flies right along with it, man. Yeah, it's and it's amazing because as somebody who that aesthetic is like that, that's what I grew up on. Mm-hmm. To hear this uh, mirrored in music is just it's mind blown. It's yeah, mind blown. You know, I'm really curious. Um, you know, I, I work with teenagers, um, yeah. and I talk with them a lot about music. Um, you know, I, I don't obviously, you know, I, I'm 39. Um, I am sure that they see me as this older guy, you know, right. they know I'm a jazz fan. They know I'm these other things. I think they probably see me as that, you know, old out of touch, dude who you know teacher guy yeah, um, yeah who you know did like exactly as i saw anybody who was telling me that they were into music when i was a teenager and they were older you know um and that's something that obviously as you age you start to get a different appreciation for and you start realizing like oh hang on like wow you think you're into the cool stuff well let me tell you what the cool the people who made that cool <laughs> stuff were into you know all that um yeah. but i'm really curious um I try to get some of the kids that I work with to listen to some of this stuff. You know, I, I've mentioned Theon Cross and his new album to some of the kids. I've mentioned um, mm-hmm. a few of these other things. And, and, you know, particularly right now, I've mentioned some of this London jazz um, to a number of kids. Just like, check it out, guys. Like, I don't know what you're going to think. You know, I, I can't hear this stuff with those ears anymore. Um, right, and when right. I was that age, um, you know, I was mostly into punk and metal um, and, you know, starting to get into, um, you know, as I was kind of getting to, 
junior, senior year of high school, I was starting to get into Aphex Twin and music and a lot of electronic music. And, and what, I mean, one of the things that when I hear the comedy is coming, it makes me feel, I guess that that's kind of what my point is here. Like it makes me feel similarly to what I felt when I started to hear Aphex Twin or yeah. when I started to hear some of that stuff. Um, and, and I'm really curious, I'm hoping that I can get some feedback from some of these teenagers, um, to see what they think about this, because I think that is like, I can't hear it from anything except for the ears of the person who is old enough to have been kicked out of society in Logan's run, you know? Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Exactly. And, and that is, um, so, you know, do you, do you think, I mean, do you consider this jazz? Because, because I think like the, the way in to this, and, and this depends on like the legacy of this band is literally, uh, you know, for a lot of those kids is going to be uh TV on the radio is going to be the analog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the common is coming. I don't. Um, and it's interesting because Shabaka himself has talked some about whether or not he is a jazz musician and what he does and is right. it jazz, you know, and that's obviously an, I don't know. I, you know, I was about to say, it's obviously an interesting conversation. And right as I'm saying that, I don't know that it is an interesting conversation. Like for starters, <laughs> I'm not somebody who's terribly interested in what you call music you yeah. know what i do i generally refer to as ambient music or drone music or experimental right. music or whatever you know um and i have had people say to me you know i was at an art residency at one point and, and this guy who was a filmmaker um you know came into my studio and he and he like he was listening to some of the stuff that i was doing he's like you know i wouldn't necessarily call this drone and i'm like well sorry like I don't know. Like, what yeah. do you want? You know, what, what do you want yeah. from me? Like, that's a word that I didn't create. It's a word that I, you know, th that a lot of the artists that I'm into use. And so maybe that's kind of what yeah, Shabaka is yeah. feeling. Like, am I a jazz? I mean, he is not Miles Davis. He certainly is not Coleman Hawkins. He certainly is not no. Louis Armstrong, you know? No, no, no. I think, you know, Sons of Kemet is basically a jazz product project, even if it, you know, shifts away a little bit. And, um, Shabaka and the Ancestors is in some ways, though it has this, you know, I mean, it, it's recorded with all music, musicians from um, South Africa um, right, right? and then Shabaka himself. And, but that is, is in some ways like even more of a, of a jazz project. You know, I think if I'm talking to Shabaka to a jazz fan, I'm going to say check out Shabaka and the Ancestors first. I yes. think that The Comet is Coming isn't really a jazz project, but this is what has me so excited right now about so-called jazz. You've got these guys you've got you know ezra collective you've got everything that nubia garcia is doing which seems to be every project in the world she seems to be playing on right now yeah, yeah. Um, you have people like moses boyd and theon cross um and binker golding and like all these other musicians who are just making this sound that is jazz based without a doubt you know they're playing instruments that are usually associated with jazz music um and it's based on combining sounds and styles together in a way that I think early jazz was kind of like, all right, this stuff has previously existed. What if we blend it all together into one new yeah. thing? And that's kind of what they're doing. You know, I mean, it is, I think in many ways, jazz, but it is post funk. It is post um, hip hop, psychedelia, yeah. like all that stuff. I, I mean, I think we've had a stagnation of like uh, real innovation stuff. And I think we're starting to see it again. I, I think, you know, when you, when you talk about stuff like that, the name Moses Sumney, comes to mind mm -hmm. and and he's really uh though and i think uh to his detriment railing against you know being put in a genre like the the, the fact of the matter is, is that gets people into your music sure if, if, if you can put something that doesn't mean you are that thing mm -hmm. um and and yeah i think you're right i think hutchins like he, he does question it and he questions it openly but he doesn't like get mad if somebody says hey 
you know, <laughs> you're you're a jazz guy. And he's yeah. like, No, I'm not. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, we we talked to Miles Mosley of Kamasi's band. Yep. And he and he gets, you know, called a lot like the Hendrix uh, on bass uh-huh. and stuff. And you know, for if you're of a certain age, that can be uh, it can box you in, right? Sure. And I asked him like uh and this was not part of the interview, I said, Hey man, like how do you deal with that? He's like, Does it get people in the door? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, right. That's you're a, a professional, you know. This is especially yeah. if it's how you're trying to make your living, you know. Yeah, um, he's he's like that's not how I think of me. Right. But but like it gets, you know, if if that's what it takes to get somebody in, and I, and I think so. If we're talking about this as a jazz album, I don't consider it a jazz album. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's being sold as such. But you, however, we're talking about it, I think it's a thing that we you just need to like put in front of somebody and hey, say hey. This is the shit. This is good, and and listen to <laughs> yeah. it. You know, it's. I mean, it, uh, it, w- the last time or one of the last times um, that that you and I talked um, for this show, I said something about um, the only time that people like if anybody ever says that music is completely original, it's just because they haven't heard its influences. That's right, and. This is really interesting because I find myself in that situation with this. Like, I'm sure there's other stuff out there. And my guess is that if I, if I was listening to more electronic music right now, um, uh, yeah. which is stuff that yeah. I go back and forth from, like, you know, I was huge, as I said, my late teens, I was huge on Aphex, on music, on a lot of that stuff that was coming out at the time. You know, Train Spotting soundtrack really wrapped a lot of those um, artists together. Yeah. Um, that stuff was all amazing. And then I really fell out of it for a while because I was kind of like, I don't know, I was, I was honestly kind of annoyed like you know having spent my entire life learning to play instruments and then these people would you know spend a few months learning a program or <laughs> right, whatever right. and like suddenly i'd you have thousands Take of people my NPC. yeah exactly and, and you know I, I have learned that that is not an accurate view of this stuff it does take no. a lot more talent but it wasn't until i heard um burial's record untrue um in 2008 i think it was and that one i had heard so much hype around him and i was just like i'm not even gonna check it out like there's just no way and then i heard that record and it absolutely blew my mind ended up probably being my favorite when i was writing for contrarian media that's what i chose as my favorite album of 2000 2010 um and I've, i've been actually going back to that a lot in the last few weeks as well um it's such an amazing record. And so, but, but anyway, like I go back and forth um, from electronic music and, and my guess is if I was deeper in that these days, maybe I would hear more stuff like this. And yet at the same time, it is the horns that sets this aside in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like Soccer 96, I don't, I like their stuff. Um, it does not hit me in the way that Common is Coming does, um, right. largely because I'm a huge Chewbacca fan. And so that's the only thing that I would kind of say I like this because of the jazz elements, which doesn't make it a jazz record. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. That's a good way to put it, you know. And it's not always, but the hope is that you are a big enough music fan. I'm talking to like listeners now. That you hear something like this, and then and then you dig deep. Uh, I'm actually weirdly not one of those people. Hmm. Um, I, uh, I I take a more omnivorous approach to it. Like I'll listen to anything once. Mm-hmm. So so it just has to get in front of me, and and not by radio. And it's just like it's out there. And so like for me, like streaming is is the best thing in the world because yeah. I can literally look at every single thing that comes out on a Friday, and I'll listen to it all. Right, and decide which one to buy a vinyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. Um, but but most people aren't like that, and and uh, most people who are going to be into this uh, are the type who will scratch the surface and dig a whole lot deeper. And you know, all our idols—that's 
what they did. They mm-hmm. stole from all these, they stole from smaller scenes, you know, Bowie, uh, mm-hmm. I think I, yeah, I might've said this when we were talking about this before you too, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Ed, uh, Bowie, I mean, uh, Dylan, like everybody, um, you know, Every poet is a thief. Yeah, and everyone everyone starts out wanting to be some... Every artist starts out wanting to be another artist. And then if you are going to be any good at what you do, you develop your own style, your own sound, um, or your own visuals, your own whatever um, it is in the format you work in. Yeah, yeah. And and so, like, I think they've... uh, I think we can now say that there is uh, common is coming music. Yeah, there absolutely is. And, you know, the, the other thing, like, the, there's one more point that I wanted to make. Um, and it's it's actually based on it. It's funny because usually when when we when you and I get together and talk about albums, um, mm-hmm. I generally don't read any reviews beforehand. Like, you know, I want to kind of see what yeah, I think, yeah. what I'm feeling, you know, and all of that. And, and that's most, you know, I, I started this out by talking about how it makes me want to dance, you know, which is a very personal reaction to this record. Um, that said, like, I mean, I, I am, I am total fanboy on this stuff. Um, as you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> like completely over the top. Um, and so I, I have read some reviews of this, um, and, one of the ones, I mean, it's an absolutely fantastic review. If anybody does want to, um, you know, listen to anyone else other than the two of us talking about it, um, yeah. the review that is up on the All About Jazz website, um, which is interesting, you know, <laughs> having just talked about this not being a jazz record, it gets four and a half yeah. stars on All About Jazz. Um, but it makes a couple really great points. It's an excellent review. Highly recommend um, that you take a look at it. But there's one comment in there where it says, this is a magical mystery tour for a new age. And which is a fascinating comment in many ways. One of the Uh, reasons that I find it so interesting is that Magical Mystery Tour is not capitalized. Which, as a teacher, as a librarian, I'm like, that's not an accident right there. So they are, I mean, you can't say Magical Mystery Tour and not have everybody's mind go to the Beatles. The Beatles were kind of a thing. People are still kind of fans, you know, you can't, you can't say any word. You can't even say the word yesterday without having people, you know, think of the Beatles, let alone anything that that is a combination of words or a phrase. So that is not accidental that they are referencing the Beatles. And in many ways, you know, I am big enough on the comet is coming that in some like I can see a Beatles comparison um, oh, to this yeah. group. I mean, so th- so that's one thing. But then in another way, it's just like, I mean, let's be honest. Magical Mystery Tour was not the most successful Beatles project, or the best, or the best. And <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, I absolutely love sure. that record. The the film. We'll we'll put that in the let's not talk about it category. Um, but or let's talk about it on acid. You or know, we can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that would be yeah. an interesting experience. Um, but it's there is something about that album or if you want to say sergeant peppers instead um you know and i I mentioned one of the last times we talked about the um day in the life sergeant pepper um reinterpreted or re-envisioned or whatever it is um, that shabaka is involved in you know yeah um and so that i think there is this kind of tie around and in some ways you could just you could take the beatles out of it and you could just say that there is an influence of psychedelic pop music on you know his work and particularly this project um but there's something about this being so new and so exciting and such a it, it's kind of a cultural zeitgeist with this record that like they have yep. captured this feeling of both 
holy shit, are these the end times? What are we going to do? (laughs) And well, maybe if it is like, are we just going to dance and laugh and have fun? And all of, I mean, they, they, they encapsulate in many ways what I think a lot of us are afraid of and excited about right now. Maybe our, the humanity that's destroying us is the very thing that will save us. (laughs) Right right there. I I, I think, I think that, I mean, that's the point. I mean, so, so I think we're both comfortable saying this is uh, so far this year, this is the album to beat, right? Oh man, I mean the only one that has come close so far is Theon Crossfire, and I know I um, you mm-hmm. know I, I checked in with you about that one, and and that one really surprised me. I mean he he's the tuba player for Sons of Kemet, so he's involved with Shabaka. Sure, sure, um, sure. That one really caught me off guard. I knew that I was going to like it. I have liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, yeah. And so, so far this year, and obviously we're early in the year, but so far this year, that's the only one that comes anywhere close. Yeah. Um, and the only reason that I'm hesitating, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I'm hesitating because I've already all over social media said this is going to be the best <laughs> album of the year. Um, yeah. If any of you are following me on social media, I apologize because it's just I'm sure I'm annoying at this point. Um, <laughs> it's the <but>, Shabaka feed. <laughs> it's the Shabaka feed pretty much. Yeah. And um, but that said, with both um, Sons of Kemet and Shabaka and the Ancestors coming out with new albums later this year, I got to say it's it's Shabaka's year um, to make or break. And um, yeah. so far he's made it. And, um, you know, it's going to I'm going to be fascinated to hear those other albums um, that should be coming later this year. There's going to be a ton of amazing music coming out this year, without a doubt. Um, but yeah, so far at this point, 100 percent is the one. To- yeah, man. Get this fucking record, kids. Get it, it is amazing. Common is Cummings, Trust in the Life Force of the Deep Mystery is out everywhere tomorrow. You can you can get it in your ears, in your face on March 15th. Uh, hopefully my vinyl will be here by then, but it is a remarkable album. They're on tour. That should be in the show notes, I think. Uh, and uh, they're stopping by D.C., I know, where a lot of you listeners are. They're not coming to Milwaukee, but they're coming to Chicago. So they're going to make the little trip around the lake for that. Thanks again to Wes for hanging out. Always a good time talking to him. That is about it for our show. If you like what you heard, go ahead and, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play or Mixcloud or Stitcher or Spotify. You can follow us on there. Uh, we're pretty much out there everywhere. And you can follow sort of the rest of our antics. We are a Chunky Glasses production. So if you go to uh, www.chunkyglasses.com, you'll find our podcast there, Discologist. You'll also find Dead to Me there. That is a podcast we produce, hosted by the one and only Casey Ray, and uh, featured in Water's Noon, so you hear on this from time to time. And then uh, the the uh, the live work there. We've got a live team of photographers operating in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, and they are killing it out there every night. Uh, we are out there on the internet at, at Chunky Glasses on Twitter and Instagram and just backslash Chunky Glasses on Facebook. That's it. We are out of here Coming up in the next few episodes, I think we got some cool stuff. We're still getting around to Jessica Pratt. I promise we're going to talk about that. You can listen to the album, Quiet Signs. You can listen to the album anytime you like. Don't need to wait for us. 
And then, uh, and then hopefully we'll get into March and things will really pick up here. Been a slow year so far. Uh, but anyways, we'll talk to you in a few days. Be good out there.